This episode is brought to you by Miller Lite. Look, here in The Ringer, we have our disagreements, but there shouldn't be any debate about this. Miller Lite is the great tasting light beer. With only 96 calories and 3.2 grams of carbs, that's fewer calories and half the carbs of Bud Light. So there's really nothing more to talk about. If you have a real argument, let me hear it. Until then, stick with Miller Lite. Miller Lite, hold true. This episode is also brought to you by Yahoo. Show me the football. Are you ready for live football on your phone? With the Yahoo Sports mobile app, you got it. Watch local and primetime NFL games on your phone or tablet all season long. Never miss your local game. Never miss your big national matchup. All you need is the Yahoo Sports app. Get the Yahoo Sports mobile app and you are gold. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Robert Mays, joined as always by Kevin Clark. Kevin, how you doing, bud? I've been better. I'm watching the Giants on primetime television. This is a team that Patrick Dodge just tweeted this out. The Giants have now scored 30 points since week 17 of the 2015 season, and they are returning in primetime to our televisions. A four-week stretch starting on Thursday, October 11th, a Thursday night game against the Eagles. Then they go Monday at Atlanta. Then two weeks later, they play at San Francisco on Monday night. This is a primetime staple this year, and we're going to see a lot of what we saw on Sunday night. So we will revisit the Giants uh, a little bit later in this show. I I do want to get into the sort of unwatchable nature of their offense. But as always, we're going to kick off. Let's start with the watchable. That's exactly right. So we're going to start every single one of these Sunday night shows with uh, essentially the story of the weekend. And I'm not sure there's anywhere else to go, but with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I I don't want to say we were on this, Kevin. I I feel like even our enthusiasm and excitement about the Mahomes era in Kansas City came with a caveat or two. It was one of those. It may be fun, but it may be a little rocky. It has not been rocky. Patrick Mahomes throws six touchdown passes tonight. He sets the NFL record for your first three games in terms of touchdown passes in total. And wait, 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 wait. let's clarify that. That's all players forever, not rookies all time, all time players. The two players who had nine through two games was 2009. Drew Brees, historically good. And 2013 Peyton Manning, historically good. Yes. So here's the thing. And this is what I want to get into about the chiefs. And there have been so many kind of just world breaking like record shattering offenses in the last like eight to 10 years in the NFL. So let's think about some of them, right? The 2013 Broncos, the 2015 Falcons, 2007 Patriots and 2011 Patriots. So like a lot of these Patriots teams, the 2007 Patriots may be in this conversation. So we'll get there when, when I present this point, but okay. A lot of those offenses were so schematic and like that's their, their advantage was schematic. They were so well schemed or they had these quarterbacks who just had this cerebral advantage that was just out of this world. You know, like you had the Mannings and the Brady's and whatever And with the Falcons, you had Shanahan, obviously the 2011 Patriots. It was really just it's ball control. 
I mean, it was amazing watching them kind of control the sticks and everything else. Yeah. I don't know if I have seen in the past 10 years this dynamic of an offense in terms of their overall skill position talent. They're just overwhelming athleticism all over the field at pretty much every single spot. We just don't see that. So there's a couple of things I'd like to address. Number one, I agree with you. I want to get ahead of ourselves here, but what we're seeing right now is pretty flawless. You know, Pro Football Focus does its little game recaps right after the buzzer. And the one thing they found fault, and this is sort of tongue in cheek because they had to find something, they, they found fault in the fact that Mahomes steps up a little too much in the pocket. That's where we are. Which, which is the best possible problem. <laughs> That's where we are right now. Um, I agree with you. You know, I mean, I just think this is a perfect marriage of scheme and player and and players because Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, Travis Kelsey, who got in the mix today in a way he didn't last week. Sammy just, Watkins. Uh, Sammy Watkins. Chris Sammy Conley. Watkins. Yeah. I mean, th- there's just, it's, it's beautiful. And I go back to something that Joe Banner told me last year. When they when the Eagles signed Michael Vick, when Andy Reid signed Michael Vick, in his mind's eye, he said, "We're going to be able to run a true hybrid of the spread and West Coast, and we're going to be able to do it right now." And that they had a lot of success with Vick, but it didn't happen schematically the way that it could have, and it didn't. It was more of a West Coast deal. They were not running Texas Tech's offense. They were not running, you know, Mike Leach stuff, but. Now, when you look at all of those elements, you look at all of the Lincoln Riley type stuff they're able to come up with now, you're seeing exactly what was in Reed's mind eye, mind's eye a decade ago. And that's what's, that's what's so amazing about this. It's the perfect situation for almost everybody involved. And that is so rare in football. What would you say, just in terms of overall explosiveness, in terms of skill position talent, which offense that you've ever seen rivals this one? Oh well, I mean the 2007 Patriots are on another level, and 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 this. These well, guys are- see that I see. I I understand where you're coming from to a certain degree with that, but I also think that that is more of just a perfect complement of players. Like no, I, I Wes that, Welker is not an explosive yeah. player. No, but Randy Moss was. Yes, and Tom Brady was. I mean, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, yeah, I, Brady's I don't wanna- the quarter. The, I'm, I'm taking the quarterback out of it to a yeah. certain degree. I mean, I think you have you have certain collections of just incredible talent. I, mean, I would say that the greatest show on turf, Rams, for that is era, the one I would throw yeah, out there. We're, we're we're incredibly explosive. I mean, I just think you have collections like that. But I think that I don't know how much. I mean, explosion and athleticism, and we have there's a lot. There have been a lot of incredibly athletic teams um, that haven't been as good as this team. This is this is a perfect confluence of explosion, athleticism, and execution. And, and that's, that's exactly what's so right. Exciting about that's that. why it's so cool because yeah. like we we do we see the execution and we see the explosiveness, but we don't often see it married to this degree, and yeah. that's why it's so fun to watch. I mean, like. You have Sammy Watkins, who was a top 10 pick. And whatever you think about the limitations of Sammy Watkins' career, that's fine. But he had 100 yards receiving today and was an absolute force for them. Tyreek Hill had a very quiet 90 yards. Travis Kelsey caught two more touchdowns. Chris Conley is the number three receiver on this team. Do we want to go over Chris Conley's combine numbers? Well, I mean, he's he's leaping out of the building, yes. I mean, he's there's a reason... 
John Dorsey, Andy Reid, Brett Feach, those guys put a they put an, an absolute premium on athleticism. I was speaking to these guys about it four and five years ago. You know, that that sort of Ron Wolf tree did it before a lot of other teams. You know, I, I remember talking to Zach Whitman, who does this stuff for um for a website called Three Sigma Athlete. Is that he's right? He's a smart guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's I think that's his website. And just look him up on Twitter. And you know, he talked about the what happened, what has happened in the NFL over the past decade is that every team has drafted these unathletic guys in an increasingly athletic era, and then they realize they have to get more athletic, and then they start going with the spark stuff. And the example he always uses is the Steelers, who had drafted a bunch of unathletic linebackers, and they said, you know what, screw this. This was four years ago, and then they just got really athletic. And I think Jarvis Jones was the tipping point there. And the Ron Wolf sort of mold was doing this 10 years ago. And there's a reason John Schneider has really athletic teams. There's a reason that Andy Reid has really athletic teams. Reggie McKenzie. Uh, you know, th- those guys are the types of guys who, when I have a draft crush because he jumps high or because he has those explosion numbers, those are usually the teams that take them. If you start to uh, sort combines by combine data by athleticism, you're going to find a lot of Chiefs and Raiders and Seahawks and Packers. Like That's where these guys go, and it shows all the time. And so, yes, when you can mold all of that stuff, when you have uh, some of these guys who hit, Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt are two of the most athletic guys in football, and they're perfect pieces here. And, and, and you know, Chris Connolly, as you said, it took him a while. I was a little bit worried about his career trajectory i feel a lot better about it right now than i did maybe last year well it's it's not even about just what he is in a vacuum like that's fine you know you know like chris conley being a super athlete and maybe not reaching whatever potential he might have it's more just being a factor in this offense yeah and the fact that you could just throw a guy like demetrius harris in there as well you know a guy who played basketball in college what was not somebody that was probably on anybody's radar coming in, but is a four five forty guy at about six, six two fifty. Yep. I mean, it's just every single player on their offense is a dynamic force. And I think combining that with the Mahomes, just buzzsaw of talent. I feel like so many of those throws are within scheme on time, you know, not necessarily throws that show off what he can do. But I think the one touchdown he threw to Demarcus Robinson, where he's got to roll out a little bit and fit that throw into the back of the end zone, that is just the middle ground of this offense. That's where you see it all kind of come together, where, yes, so much of this is schematic. So much of this is just the skill position talent that's been assembled. But every once in a while, his arm is just going to overcome everything else. And I think those three factors coming together all at once Holy shit, man. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I have two things circled on my calendar. They play the 49ers and the Broncos. That's that's vaguely exciting, especially when you, you consider the Garoppolo factor. But October 7th, they play the Jaguars. That's a defense I want to see Patrick Mahomes against. That's a defense yeah, I want to see absolutely. the entire Chiefs offense against. Not just the defensive line, but what happens when Mahomes goes down the field and those guys are absolutely draped by A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey. The next week, they play the Patriots. That is more of a glitzy 
matchup. It's not. I mean, the Patriots defense was was so bad today that I don't necessarily yeah. want to. I don't necessarily care what Matt, Patrick Mahomes uh, looks like against that defense right now. Like I'll care in January, but it's you know it's just a how will Belichick play him sort of thing. But I think those two games are going to tell us a lot because the one thing Patrick Mahomes has not done is he has not made a mistake at the NFL level. And I know this sounds very old school, and I know it sounds very like I'm talking about like I'm Bill Parcells or something. But I'd like to see him make a mistake at the NFL level and see what happens after that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're going to be roadblocks during this season. I think the biggest roadblock for them is something we talked about coming in. It's just that they're going to give up so many points that unless they have flawless offensive games, they're mm. going to lose a couple of these. And that's okay if their offense plays to this degree, but, but it's not going to be the spotless season for the Chiefs. I think we have to understand that. No, not at all. By the way, what the hell is going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers today? I, what do you think? Do you think this is like an actual cause for concern or you just think that the Chiefs offense is such a force of nature that we, we just have to kind of tip their, our hat? I don't know. I mean, I think there's like a 50% chance that I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to be an average offense or anything like that. I think that they're going to be a top five NFL offense this year. But, you know, there's a chance that they just look historically good because they they played kind of a crappy Steelers defense. Yeah, I, I think the Steelers defense is maybe worse than we thought coming in. I, I feel like they well, crushed and, and, the and Browns you look, last you week. You look last year, I'm sorry, last week without the Chargers without Bosa. They didn't have that much of a pass rush. So, I mean, it's not like they're facing, they haven't faced, you know, a Jaguars-esque defensive line exactly, just considering the talent and the health they've faced. That's two totally weeks. fair, but here's what I'll say. Part of the reason that this Chiefs offense is able to succeed like this, their offensive line is really good. Yep. It's not a group of stars all the way across, but you have a very serviceable left tackle in Fisher. You have maybe the best right tackle in the NFL in Mitchell Schwartz and some very serviceable, decent interior offensive linemen. Mitch Morris can play. Laurent uh, Duvernay-Sudif is, is a very decent, he's totally reasonable he's as a, a doctor. Guard. He's also a doctor. He's a doctor. And that's, it's just every factor going into this offense allows them to be this. And I guess that's what my point is. I want you to overreact. Where do you put them in the AFC right now? Probably behind New England. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to be behind New England if they enter in the fourth quarter up 25 points on New England in the AFC championship game, in my opinion. I mean, until, until otherwise, New England win, makes the Super Bowl every year. Yeah. I mean, I, if I had to just knee-jerk reaction gun to my head, I would put them right behind New England. I also want to address something earlier. I, I will not ever compare anything until the, to the 2007 Patriots until I see like 50 more things from this offense. Totally. And like, again, it's like, it's the idea of schematic versus personnel talent. It's overall. the difference between a good offense and an offense. I was literally scared of, even though I didn't play football and didn't even have a team. It was like, oh, you don't want the jazz seven Patriots coming to your house, running some deep, deep plays. Yeah, that, that's we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But I, I think that that's another week or two away before we actually have, start to have that conversation. All right, Kevin, let's get to this week's stock watch stock up for the week. Let us start with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Todd Monken, and the rest of that Buccaneers offense. 819 passing yards through two weeks, eight touchdowns. He's almost he's Ryan Fitzpatrick is almost with the Drew Breeses and the Peyton Mannings of the world. He's one off that number we were talking about earlier. I don't know what to say about this. I mean, f- first of all, one, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick's choice to come out in Deshaun Jackson, yeah. Deshaun Jackson's outfit after the game is an all timer. So I don't understand if he knew he looked exactly like Conor McGregor or not. I don't think he did because he looked exactly, exactly like, Conor like him. I to the point that I thought it was a McGregor bit, and then it turned out to be a Deshaun Jackson bit. At what point do you thought he did that? At what point was he like, I, all right, I'm wearing this? He's just he's on fire right now. He's just riffing. But it was was it like in the third quarter? Was it in the fourth quarter? Was it like two minutes before he went out to the podium? I, I, I mean, he's he's probably had it planned out. He went to Harvard. He's very smart. But here, here here's here's my thought on Ryan Fitzpatrick. There is no one more unstoppable, including Patrick Mahomes, in the NFL than Ryan Fitzpatrick when there's a contract extension on the line. <laughs> Who balls out more? Than Ryan Fitzpatrick when he's the there's Trevor a Ariza of, of a, professional a football, one, a one-year, ten million dollar deal coming down the pipeline next year. Maybe it's now with Tampa Bay. Maybe it's somewhere else. But here's our, our guy got a seven, a six-year contract from the Bills because he balled out for like five weeks. He got he, he basically held the Jets franchise hostage for an entire offseason two years ago. Got that one-year, ten million dollars. Incredible. Yeah. This guy just collects ten million dollars at a time. He is unbelievable. He woke up three weeks ago and was like, whoop, in 2019, I can make $10 million. Time to go. That's fair. But here's my thought about this. I feel like them giving the reins to Todd Monken is like a very real thing. I loved Todd Monken coming into the league. I mean, he came from Southern Miss. That offense. By the way, he took a Southern Miss team that was 0-12 when he got there and got them to 9-3 in three years and then just bailed to become an offensive guru in the NFL. It's a pretty interesting career path. So, yes, and I feel like what they managed to do for the la- these last two weeks is so impressive. Yeah. And, and one of my reasons that I was so down on the Bucks coming into the year <laughs> is I felt like their choices schematically in both offense and defense were so stagnant and so just done and cooked that I was like, well, this team is just over. I mean, I absolutely could just see Dirk Cutter getting fired in three weeks, but giving the reins to Monken offensively has really changed the game. And I just feel like it's really unlocked this immense amount of skill position talent that they have. We were talking about this in our Slack today. If you had to give the belt for a wide receiver duo in the NFL to one team right now, who would get it? Uh, yeah, I would guess it would be it would be Evans and Jackson. I'm still getting I would have into to the think Vikings. about it more. Do, I, do, I, do you mean through two weeks or through like no, forever? just period. Like right now. Oh. Right now. I, who, who would you go with? The Vikings. Thielen yeah. and Diggs. Yeah. I mean, they're the best route runners in the NFL. They're still, I mean, you saw it today. They were amazing today. I mean, just, just the balls they were able to, to, to create that they would not have created normally. I would give that. I, w- I would give the nod to them. But when Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson are playing like this, they're at least in the conversation. Yeah, no, through like, two you weeks, have to mention through, them. through two weeks, it's them. And then you just throw OJ Howard in there. Yeah. I mean, the guy created a 75-yard touchdown after the catch. So here's what you need to know about Todd Monken. The first time I talked to Todd Monken was a number of years ago when I was at the Wall Street Journal. And it was during the lockout, and I was doing other stories because I covered the NBA at the time. And I called him about a story about Brandon Whedon. That was the first time we talked. And the important thing is that he made Brandon Whedon look like a guy who's 
who should be picked in the first round. That's all you need to know about Tom Monk. He and Mike Gundy created Brandon Whedon, and he could make fits into Tom Brady, and I'm not sure it's as big as an accomplishment as that. And that's the, the thing about Todd Monken is it's just that the spread elements of what he brings and yeah. just how wide open that offense looks now, it just looks so different. Uh, it's just the entire feel around how they're approaching it looks so incredibly different. They look like fucking Big 12 games. Yep. I, I mean, it, it is unbelievable watching what that offense looks like and just how open guys are, yep. how much space there is for these throws. And I also... We do this all the time when, because especially wide receiver, there's so much talent at the top that I feel like we're forgetting certain guys and just how good they are. Mike Evans is amazing, dude. Yep. Mike Evans is so good. I mean, there's certain receivers around the league, Robert, who all it takes is just a little schematic change. These guys can get open. They need, I mean, we saw that last year. It was a different little situation because they were having success with it. But, you know, Sammy Watkins is a good example where the scheme has sort of lost him. And you can you need to unlock these guys sometimes. Um, you know, the thing you always hear from the tape the tape grinders is that Sammy Watkins was sort of a backside option last year and was used effectively as a decoy. But that's one of the reasons his numbers went down a little bit. Goff just wasn't looking at him. And I just think generally, you know, you, sometimes it's like kind of what we said with the Chiefs. You just need everybody in their perfect situation. And it seems right now like Todd Munkin has got everybody there. Yeah, I totally agree. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. Simple Contacts is the most convenient way to renew your contact lens prescription and reorder your brand of contacts from anywhere in minutes. To renew your prescription with Simple Contacts, all you need is your current contacts, an internet connection, and 10 feet of space. The doctor's office is now wherever you are. After you take the five-minute Simple Contacts vision test online, it'll be reviewed by a licensed doctor, and you'll receive a renewed prescription to reorder your contacts. No more appointments, no more waiting rooms, no more overpaying. Simple Contacts has all the brands and types of lenses you're familiar with, so you never have to shop around to find your lenses at the best price. The vision test is only $20, and standard shipping is free. This isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. You still need those occasionally, but it is the most convenient way to renew a prescription and reorder your context if your vision hasn't changed. I tried their vision test online this week and it was so easy. There's nothing worse than having to trek all the way to the eye doctor just to get your contacts refilled. Simple Contacts cuts out the middleman entirely. To get $20 off your first order of contacts, go to simplecontacts.com slash NFL or enter code NFL at checkout. That's simplecontacts.com slash NFL or enter code NFL at checkout. Save $20 off your first order. People always ask me for advice, and it's usually what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Not to mention, they have in-game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Plus, for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So, lay down some cash and win big today. You win, they pay. 
MyBookie is slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code RINGERNFL when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code RINGERNFL when creating your account to claim your bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's move on. Stock up. Let's go to another Florida team here. Blake Bortles. Oh, boy. And the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. I feel like there are times where you look at a stat line, you'll see your result, you'll see a performance. You know, a guy throws for 377 yards and four touchdowns. You're like, eh, you know, he, he didn't really play that well. I mean, you know, that's that's kind of inflated. A lot of guys were wide open down the field. It wasn't necessarily that he made a bunch of great throws. That is not the case no. with what Blake Bortles did today. I, I mean, the pick he threw through a little bit later in the game that was intercepted by Kyle Van Noy, that's a ball you probably shouldn't try to fit in there. But for the most part, I mean, this was a fantastic performance that involved a lot of just keyhole throws from a guy that, you know, we have spent a good amount of time shitting on during this show. You know, we laughed on Thursday's show when Bill Belichick said that Blake Bortles needs to be considered among the elites in in the mobile quarterback division. And I'm not sure who showed us because Blake Bortles certainly showed us, but also Bill Belichick was right about that. So they kind of both showed us. Bill Belichick, war- Bill Belichick warned us. Essentially what happened in this game was that the Patriots came out and they said, we're going to play man. Yep. We don't trust Blake Bortles to beat, you, to beat us. We don't trust your wide receiver talent. Four touchdowns. Can you come out and beat us? And the answer was yes. And the answer was yes for two different reasons. One, Bortles made the throws. Uh, I mean, you can pick any individual one you want. Let's go with the Moncrief fade for the touchdown. Perfect ball placement. Gilmore doesn't get his head around. The ball is exactly where it needs to be. Moncrief makes the catch touchdown. Let's go with the Keelan Cole touchdown on the left side. Exactly where it needs to be down the left side in a perfect spot, six. And that's kind of where we are with this game is that they essentially dared the Jags to beat them outside the numbers down the sideline and man. And they did. And the other way they beat them was crossing routes, pick plays, third down throws in man coverage. And that is a credit to Nathaniel Hackett yep. for knowing they were going to play man most of this game and for calling a lot of man beating routes in high leverage situations. And it's a credit to Blake Portals and those receivers for just executing when they needed to. They were 10 of 14 on third down. And in a lot of ways, This reminded me of what the Eagles did on third down last year. Just having the right play dialed up to be able to beat the correct coverage in those high stakes moments. I'm not saying the Jags are last year's Eagles. I'm just saying that that's what it reminded me of. Well, I mean, it's not that crazy. I mean, it's not the same on offense, certainly. But I mean, this Jaguars team came very, very close to beating the Patriots in the playoffs. No, I'm just saying. Like, I feel like we have, I specifically have criticized the Jags play calling and choices at sure. times in the past. But, Even yeah. last year, 
they were extremely stagnant in certain situations. Yeah, but situations. there were games where Bortles couldn't hit a screen pass. No, excuse me. I'm, I'm saying last week. Okay, Even yeah. last week, I was just like, God, this team is just predictable and boring, and I just yeah. I don't have any faith in their ability to scheme guys open. Today was not that way. I was so impressed by their ability to get guys in space, get guys in the right scenario, and just get going. And they've got they've got athletes, man. Keelan Cole, I'm ready for this weird Dante Moncrief renaissance we're going to have. Is it a renaissance for Moncrief, or is it just sort of... No, there's no renaissance to be had. De- a debut as a yeah, it's the relevant emergence. NFL player. They do... They have done such a good job of finding receiver talent late. Yeah. And I know that, obviously, the the guy's in charge of change. You know, Tom Coughlin's there now, whatever. But this team, you think about just the guys they've kind of scooped up. Alan Hearns in the seventh. Keelan Cole was undrafted. That D.D. Westbrook touchdown today was impressive. I mean, you're just hoping that they can just scrape together enough of those guys to have a decent receiving core this year. And today was... Very much an indication that that's possible. Alan, I, I only know this because he went to Miami. Alan Hearns was undrafted. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was a seventh round pick. No. Whatever. Oh no, he's 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 rose up. I mean, Alan Hearns isn't like a star, but Alan Hearns yeah. is like a decent a NFL real player, NFL receiver, sure. and he was undrafted. So they've been able to find some guys. So yeah, I, I was super impressed by their offensive performance today. We're gonna talk a little bit more about just the Jaguars' offensive formula a little bit later in the show. But uh, for the most part, it's optimistic. The tone around what happened today is, is nothing but good things. Last one before we move on very quickly. Stock up. Derwin James was amazing today. Yeah, this is your baby. I mean, he was my draft baby. I love him. He's, a, he's an athlete. He's versatile. But you, you, this was your suggestion today. Take it away. I'm just watching him today. And just the amount of ways they used him was unbelievable. I mean, he had, it's only one sack. I thought it was two. Maybe one of them was called uh, back. See, see, I, it seemed like a million sacks because they were playing the Bills. They used him so much as a pass rusher. So he had at least one sack. There was a one, There was a stretch of plays, I believe in the third quarter maybe, where the Bills threw a ball into the flat and Derwin just stuck somebody for, I believe is like just no gain or one yard. And on the next play, they sent him from the B gap, flush Josh Allen out to force third down. The ways they're just throwing him at offenses because they know, especially without Bosa, maybe he's the most just dynamic play killing athlete on their entire defense. It is incredible how quickly that has come to be for the Chargers. I mean, just watching that guy, you're just like, he's just a different type of player. He's a different type of athlete. He's on a level that the other guys in the field just do not reach. And we should have known that coming in, but how fast the Chargers have realized that is super impressive. It's unfortunate he plays for the Chargers and we're a week away from just, he's got a foot injury. Stop. Don't do that. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm the one that's doing that. Not the, the last five years of Charger football. I know. The last 50 years make of Charger me so football. sad. He's no, already yeah, no, so I'm fun. The that, I'm the one that came up with them somehow ever always getting hurt and blowing leads and screwing everything up. Uh, we'll get to the bills a little bit later, but one more thing about the chargers. There was very, there's one very cool play and I, I, the chargers were another one of these teams where I was kind of worried about their offensive play caller and their offensive designs. They're doing a lot of cool stuff where they put Melvin Gordon and Eckler on the field at the same time. Yeah, I like that. They ran this one play where they had Gordon lined up as a single back and they had Eckler as an H back. 
So they had them on the field together, which they've done a lot of recently. And they ran a play action pass where they put Gordon into the flat and they put Eckler just a little bit deeper on a similar sort of outbreaking route. So it was like a flood to the right with both of their backs. And Rivers just dumped it to Gordon. I mean, it was a very simple completion and it was a nice gain. But just that design in general, I thought was very cool. And also the Rivers touchdown to Melvin Gordon today. Holy shit. Uh, The second one, the one that was like a wheel route up the left sideline. Rivers, for all his ills, I'm not sure anyone can just put the ball exactly where he wants more than Phillip Rivers, maybe except for Drew Brees. Like that ball, he literally fit it into like a shoebox near the pylon. It was unbelievable. So let me tell you my thought on this. And I, I, I was impressed with the Chargers and all that, but I sort of view playing the Bills right now like when like the University of Miami plays Charleston Southern. And it's just like, totally oh, fair. look at the plays they're running. Everybody's healthy, but I'm not drawing much con- many conclusions from the situation here. I, I don't blame you. I, I think that's a proper response. All right, let's move on. Stock down this week. Uh, let's start with kickers. <laughs> just kickers in general. It has been a brutal start to the season, and this week felt especially bad. Very, very uh, collegiate. Oh, yeah. I I saw your tweet today. It was very spot on. Uh, It's let's start with what happened in Minnesota, or excuse me, in Green Bay with the Vikings and the Packers. Daniel Carlson misses three field goals, including a 35 yard game winner, which who do we think is the most tortured kicking fan base in the NFL right now? Is it still the Chargers or the Vikings take it? No, well, first of all, it's the Bills forever. Oh, yeah, that's fair. It's the Bills forever and ever, and they can never lose the title. All right, yes. So I guess the the current version. There's a second tier. I would say the Chargers have not missed a a recent kick in the playoffs as traumatic as the Vikings have. The The Vikings are number one. It was absolutely brutal. So, So, yeah, the the Vikings are in the, they're they're in pole position. They've got like the silver, you know, like some of the boxing organizations have a silver belt. That's that's who the Vi- that's what the Vikings are, and the Chargers are the number one contender for the silver belt. The the super champion is always going to be the Buffalo Bills. It, they, it was such unified. a bizarre. They've unified all the belts. It was such a weird end to that game when they gave the ball back to Rodgers. I, I mean, I I tweeted a dragon gif after he made the throw to Allison, where he rolled out to the right, essentially got them in field goal range to win the game. Mm-hmm. I was like, God damn it, Rodgers just did it again. Like, what what are we doing here? And then Crosby misses the field goal. And then the Vikings get the ball back. Overtime unfolds how it does, which was, again, a strange like stretch of football. And then they get in position for Daniel Carson to game winning 35-yarder, and he misses it. Well, so one of the things about Carlson that is unique to this situation is that he was a fifth-round pick. But I think, yes. in, I think in general, you can point to a lot of these missed kicks with NFL teams have gotten so ruthless for really no reason about the salary cap. Um, There's two NFLs now. There's the guys that make $20 million and the guys on split contracts whose money isn't guaranteed if they get hurt, even though they're on the league minimum. And I mean, it's, it's pretty brutal to be a bottom of the roster NFL guy. I know that uh, most people in America uh, are not going to take pity on them, but I think from a labor standpoint, they're getting screwed in a lot of ways. And I think that a lot of these special teams guys um, bear the brunt of that and they get cut, you know, just to not have 
guaranteed money, all this stuff. And I think that paying your kicker as little as possible has become a, a mainstream team building tactic. You saw it with Dallas where they just cut Dan Bailey for no reason. And they don't want to pay their kicker two, three, four million dollars a year. And that starts to show up with Carlson. Again, he's a fifth round pick. They've invested in him, but it is a salary thing. It's better to pay him, better to pay a guy like Carlson fifth round money than it is to sign a veteran for two or three million dollars. Kai Forbath was still there in the preseason. They weren't going to keep him because Kai Forbath is expensive. And you start to see that rear its head once the season starts. Kickers matter. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, kicking lost the game for Minnesota today. I, I felt like the rest of their team played well enough to win. You know, that game is a tie, obviously. You know, you see the points on the scoreboard that the Packers put up, but one of those is a block punt. I mean, they really did hold Rodgers in check enough. Uh, I thought that Cousins was awesome today. Uh, I mean, he made some throws in that game. Just like, well, second wow. half, definitely. Yeah, the second half. That's what I'm saying. I mean, the throw to Thielen was unbelievable. I mean, he has made just some ridiculous tight window throws over the first two weeks. I feel was like that, that offense it, is going to find itself. Was that throw to Thielen that, I don't know, there were about 20 things that could happen on that play, and like two of them were good. That is an unbelievable throw. It was an yes. unbelievable throw, but I mean, if someone turns their head, it's a much different situation. I looked at that a million times, and I can't tell if it was a good throw or a lucky throw. That's oh, all. I thought it was amazing. I, I, th- I think I mean, that line I is love very thin. I love Kirk Cousins. Don't get me wrong. I, I know the line, but the line is very, very thin on that throw. It was a risky throw. It paid off. So good for him. Yeah, I, I thought that was an unbelievable throw. He's made some really great touch throws in the first two weeks. All right, uh, let's move on. L- let's get to another team that had some kicking woes uh, on Sunday, but also <laughs> they ha- has, some, has some woes in other areas as well. Uh, stock down the Cleveland Browns offense. <laughs> oh, boy. Although, oddly enough, it was a massive improvement from week one. In a way, yes. Well, Ty- Tyrod Taylor went from seven sacks to three. He's no longer completing 37% of his passes. He's back, baby. And it looks like that. Mm, yeah, I... All right, here are my Browns thoughts. One, okay. the Zane Gonzalez thing is very yeah. unfortunate. Next. I mean, the, the, for the Browns to lose in heartbreaking fashion over the first two weeks, not win in heartbreaking fashion, I guess that's what I'd say. Yeah. I, I mean, just good Lord. Two... Is it time for Baker? It depends what we think Baker can do differently. Now, what Tyrod has been doing is throwing deep balls really, really poorly. And what will the offense look like when Baker gets in there? You know, when I did the Patrick Mahomes story on on Tuesday for the ringer, one of the funny things was that the only player who throws deeper is Tyrod Taylor. But the difference is Tyrod completes almost none of his deep passes and Patrick Mahomes completes almost all of them. And that's not an effective offense. And so what do you do? Are you going to go more conservative just to ease Baker in because the the deep ball stuff's not really working right now? Um, it, it's, it, it, I think that there's a lot of questions. I would maybe go Tyrod a couple more weeks because he's done it. I think he's talented. I see if he can't figure it out. And then by Halloween, you go Baker if nothing's clicking. What I like you? Tyrod Taylor. Like I have liked Tyrod Taylor. I just have zero faith. In I just don't think they're going to make the playoffs staff. either way. So you might as well and make that's sure the, that there's a, the right situation for Baker. I, I just, I, I have no faith in this Browns coaching staff to like get the most out of the players no. on the field. And, and so like if, if Tyrod Taylor, especially when he threw the pick, when he threw the pick to Williams, it was just like, well, if Tyrod Taylor was going to throw the ball to the other team, just put Baker in. 
Like that's the entire point of having Tyrod Taylor is to avoid turnovers. And so if you can't do that, then just who cares? Just just put Baker in and let's just, let's do this. There's no reason not to at this point. And, and I maybe that's an overreaction, but like that was my kind of just knee jerk thought as soon as I saw that ball. I think you give it a couple, a few more weeks. Yeah, that's fair. I, I just like I I I was really actually I was curious about your opinion. I wanted to hear why wouldn't we go to Baker? I think there's a reason not to, but but that that thought started to creep into my mind this week. Uh, the third issue w- with the Browns offense. Let's talk about Josh Gordon for a second here. Mm. I what is going on? Uh, generally, um, well, there, I mean, it's it's it appears. I don't know what is the uh, latest and most official info. He 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 hurt his hamstring during a promotional shoot. That is my. That's what the Browns said. That's uh, what I the don't Browns know. said. And yeah. then there's some there's some weird dark web rumors that sort of help those rumors along and fill it out. But I'm not ready to figure I, it is a very murky situation yeah it, it's and very murky. Mary Kay Cabot had it had a report that was a little bit different and it was about he wasn't himself I, I that was it was all very it was a very strange weekend I was at a wedding with a bunch of people from Ohio a bunch of Cleveland fans and it broke during the open dancing and there was uh, I, I was also at a wedding last night when, when the news broke so we're, we're in the same boat here yeah so I mean I it's a very strange situation what I know is that the Browns and John Dorsey and Hugh Jackson, you know, as as Gordon said in his statement, you know, they've they have, or as Dorsey said in his statement, they have supported him. And I don't know what would have happened for that to change after two weeks of the NFL season. But I'm extremely intrigued a to see to he, kind of hear the different stories that come out, and then b where he goes because Tony Grossi reported, you know, maybe Baltimore is a candidate. Dallas, we'll find out more on Monday. If he's traded, and that seems to be the most likely, according to the people who who know things right now, yeah, because it doesn't. There's no suspension that's imminent, so right. essentially, I think it's just the Browns are like, we're done with this, we're done with the headache. So if he can play, it feels like he's worth trading for because he's going to cost the team nothing except the draft capital this year, more or less. So uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Something I mean, it depends, we'll what the address the next it depends what the pick is. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I mean, it's, I wouldn't pay to trade a third round pick for him, but I'd trade a, maybe a fifth, maybe a sixth. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it just also depends on, it's almost like what we talked about with Malcolm Butler a couple weeks ago when we were down in Nashville, you figure out what the hell is going on and you, you, you go accordingly. If, if the story doesn't bother you, you're going to be more apt to, to spend more draft capital. Totally. Well, so what will matter to that as it moves forward? We'll talk about that next week. I'm sure. Uh, stock down, uh, the level of patience in Philadelphia <laughs> right now. And I want to talk about this very briefly. Again, yeah. I'm giving as much credit as I can to the Tampa Bay offense, to Monkin, to Fitzpatrick, to all those guys. I'm just worried that we're going to be in a spot now over the next few days. The Eagles are one and one. Their offense has looked shaky at best uh, for most of this season so far. And they're going to try to throw Wentz back out there maybe before they should. Is that an overreaction or do you feel like that's a legitimate possibility? So Jeff McClain kind of wrote the thank you, Nick Foles, for your service, but we're moving on thing. Um, That seems to be the prevailing thought in the Philadelphia media. And it's a long week for the Eagles. They have Indy next Monday night. Indy would be the type of defense you want to ease Carson Wentz into in a perfect world. Now. This is a doctor decision. It is hard for us to sit here and say he's ready. He's not ready. Deshaun Watson came back from an ACL that was a month before Carson Wentz's. 
And what's hard for me is to divorce what Watson looks like from his offensive line because I don't know. He seems hesitant. He seems like he's not himself, but he's also getting hit every time he drops back. That could just be an offensive line thing. I think the psychological thing is as important as the physical thing. I remember the word on Carson Palmer when he came back from his post-bangle ACL was that he just wasn't stepping up into the pocket and he was getting nervous and he didn't have a lot of faith in the sort of the the leg movement, even though Carson Palmer was was, you know, never Robert Griffin the third the back there, but you know, he did have pocket movement and he lost that briefly and you saw his game dip a little bit and obviously recovered after that. So it comes down to how comfortable you think he can be right away. And that's what I'll be watching. And if they think he's ready and they think he can be hundred percent, I say by all means throw him out there. Um but it could be if if he's just if he's literally cleared for contact this week and that's the first time he can actually step out there and you know and 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 he's hasn't done as much as maybe he should then i think you might see a little bit of awkwardness and weirdness on Monday night against indianapolis i have all the faith in the world carson Wentz will figure it out i have all the faith in the world incidentally that he will one day be one of the best quarterbacks in the league because he was last year. Um, maybe that's not this year. Maybe it's next year, but he will rise to that MVP level again. I have no doubt about it. I feel like they need a spark. I don't know if it's the smart move to put him out there, but I am starting to feel like we're going to see him out there next Monday night against the Colts. All right. One more stock down. Uh, top five running backs. Hmm. I want to talk about this very briefly. Uh, today was very much an indictment uh, of drafting a guy in the top five at that position. We had a Jaguars team that managed to kind of beat up the Patriots. Yeah. Blake Bortles threw four touchdown passes. Their offense has not taken a single step back when they have not had Fournette over the first two like season and two games that he's been there. So almost 20 games total. And then again, the Giants just could not move the ball against the Cowboys today. And the Cowboys are not exactly the Jags. So it just feels like for all the, and this isn't sort of a, a different thing, but, and we'll get to this in a second, but David Johnson doing absolutely nothing for the Cardinals. Obviously David Johnson's a third round pick, but David Johnson's got paid double digit million dollars a year to play running back. This has been a really tough. It was a really tough week for, people that are in the corner of we need guys at that position that are difference makers. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Scott Pinekowski, who I think does a great job. Uh, he had, the, he had a little Twitter back and forth with Warren Sharp tonight. And both of those guys, you know, Warren Sharp's perhaps the, the smartest thinker of our game on Twitter, um, that there is. And they were, he was obviously talking about, you know, how ridiculous some of these, some of the teams that established the run philosophies are. And so Scott Pinekowski replied to him and, and made a good point which is that Fournette being out sort of saved the Jaguars from themselves because they were able to stay aggressive throughout the game. I think when Fournette is there, these teams, you you only draft a running back high if you want to be conservative. You know, if you want to be the ground and pound team. And if you can't do that, and you literally don't have the guy you drafted to be conservative, that's only going to help you because being conservative is how you lose. Running the ball is how you lose. And I I do think there's something to that. You know, I don't think I wouldn't necessarily say that it's, you know, the fact that that they're what four and oh with that Leonard Fournette, I I I wouldn't that's still a fairly small sample size, but I do think there's a little bit of something there. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot to explore. I mean 
I think that there's the right way to use a running back. I think that if you marry the passing game and the running game, if you use play action effectively, all that stuff, there's a way to make those guys valuable. I just think it's been a really tough couple of weeks, especially when you kind of like lump in the Le'Veon Bell stuff with this, how the Steelers have been able to move the ball even without Bell. It just feels like it's been a tough go of it for people that just say you need to pay for running backs. They're valuable. We need to spend on them. So before we move on, let's take one more quick break. Today's episode is sponsored by ADT. ADT can design and install a new smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. Explore the vast number of things you can do with your secure smart home, like game day service. An ADT automation unlocks the front door for friends who arrive at your place for the game while you're still out getting snacks or home run service, which lets you check in on your home's cameras even while you're in the nosebleeds, or even goalkeeping service, which lets you close your garage door while you're at your kid's soccer practice to help keep criminals and critters on the sidelines. Not to mention, you can set up your home to automatically do things like lock the doors and set the thermostat when you leave. All controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice and backed by 24-7 protection. Visit ADT.com smart or learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Let's move on here. Let's get to the challenge flags of the week. We're going to throw two of them. Uh, let's start with Vontae Davis retiring at halftime of the Buffalo Bills game. I mean, we've all wanted to do that at some point. Sure. He's living the American dream. Um, so it's kind of funny Everyone agrees this is like one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to a franchise. Yes. I saw, you know, I saw a couple weird takes. I think we all were just like, this is funny and also very sad. And that became the mainstream take. There were a couple of dissenters who, were, who, who went with like, football is evil, good for Vontae Davis. Yeah, that's bizarre. And that was no. That was the, let me tell you something. That I'm I'm as I'm as careful as anybody with the sport and and what it can do to people. That ain't the take, Chief. That's not it. <laughs> that's not it. Monte uh, Davis. Chief. Um, you know, I saw Nick Groke, a former uh, Broncos writer, had a pretty funny take where he said that just the amount of time it takes to get the pads on like the tape, like it's really hard to get ready for a football game. And the fact that he was able to do that and then just quit after that is kind of impressive. They crafted the statement in like 20 minutes. I mean, that was, I mean, that was a notes. That was a notes app, right? Thing. Oh yeah. Was that, absolutely. that was then crafted. Oh, his, his, his agent publicist. had that drafted. Yeah. For like, yeah, he, I, my, my guess on that is he talked into the into the notes app and then he sent it to his agent and his agent by the way the photo of him was on the Colts in the yes. statement was, what a, what a, I mean look I, I don't want to watch the bills but yeah you, you, they give you they give you 3.5 million dollars guaranteed how much would how much do you have to be paid to watch the bills for a year to be on the bills or to no, watch no, no, them? No, to watch 16 games of bills football and and all the practices oh all the practices sounds right. Yeah. No, but, but that's what I mean, he I has to do. I watched the Bills game today. Yeah, I didn't. You heard me during the Darwin James segment. But I mean, the I was, I was a joke. I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's a low point for a franchise. I didn't think it could get lower. Um, I actually thought it was kind of classy from guys like Lorenzo Alexander who just said, yeah, this happened and then didn't slander him further. Um, you wouldn't get that in a lot of locker rooms. Uh, yeah, I mean, just general weirdness. They could lose every game. 
I agree. It's very much in play. Like they are unfathomably bad. Is the players' parking lot like open during halftime? I have no idea how I, this I assume, went. I guess it's very players' parking lots are very like heavily gated, and so yeah. they would have had to have asked a security guard. Oh, somebody moved a cone for sure. And sometimes they're double parked because everyone obviously moves at the same time. I have a lot of logistical questions about this. What did he do? Where did he go? Everything about this is curious. Everything about this is worth asking about. Are we going to read? Are we going to read a TikTok of this by Seth Wickersham in six months? I hope so. I mean, this is interesting. I mean, I just, like, w- just want to fill in the gaps here. He woke up this morning. Did he know he was going to quit? It was seems like no based on the statement, but who knows? I don't know about that. I mean, you have to be leaning towards it. You can't just randomly be like, I'm, I'm yeah, just going to leave. No, you're probably right. I, I, no, you're probably right. Let's do one more before we get out of here. and Well, before we get to our last segment, I want to throw a challenge flag on just the idea of the Sam Bradford era in yeah, Arizona. yeah, yeah. Like, what are we doing? It's what is the point? Just just put Josh Rosen in. So 17 of 27, 90 yards and an interception. And David Johnson just no longer exists. Yeah. So worried about the play calling in Arizona. This is tweeted out by Graham Barfield. In 2016, David Johnson averaged 31.1 routes run per game. Okay. And 19% t- target share and saw 38 air yards per game. Weeks one, one and two this year. He's running 16 routes, which is nope. half, half of what he ran two years nope. ago. 18% target share, only 8.5 air yards per game. David Johnson is one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. If you do nothing else, you should be awake at night figuring out how to get him the ball in space. Especially when you don't have any other receivers except for Lafayette. Yeah, that's correct. You, you have an empty wide receiver jump chart. It, it, it's, there's nothing there. There is no one else to throw the ball to except for Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. How are you doing that? I mean, like, what are you doing if he's not a huge part of your passing game? Can we tell the people how many times you had to say Larry Fitzgerald before you nailed it? Larry Fitzgerald, David Johnson is too many soft continents for me. Consonants for me at 11.06 p.m. This was a, that was the Daniel Carlson Good of, lord of pronunciations for this you is, like seven th- times. Th- this is the nature of the podcasting after dark elements of what we're doing every Sunday. Is me not being able to say J's and G's at a certain point. All right, we'll we'll talk more about Rosen, I'm sure, uh, as we move forward. I, here. I sure I, I sure as hell hope we are. I can't yeah, do I, Sam I, Bradford anymore. I, I guarantee you that'll be a storyline over the next week or so, but uh, before we get out of here, let's hit what we wait, think wait, tomorrow. Wait, wait. I, can, I, can I spend 10 seconds on John Gruden doing the we got to get more pass rush thing again? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, a, one more a, challenge frag on John yeah, Gruden. It's, it's, a, it's a bit now. It's clearly a bit. It's clearly a, a gag, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he, just, was like, he was like, maybe art. we're yeah. going to blitz more because we need more pass rush. We're going to blitz more. If you more. trade one of the three best pass rushers in the NFL, you can't complain about your pass rush for at least two years. I think I, he's, he's, on, he's, he's making us laugh. He's repaying his buddies in the media who supported him by giving him $7 million a year for the last decade. Before we get out of here, let's predict this week's headlines. Uh, I feel like something we're going to hear a lot about in the next 24 to 48 hours is Bill O'Brien's tenuous future in Houston. How do you feel? Yeah, Bill O'Brien is 0-2 now. I, I feel, you know, he part of the problem with getting a lot of control is that you've got nobody else to blame. We saw that with Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. 
Greg Bishop wrote that incredible story about Rick Smith a couple weeks ago, which I thought was really well done about his sort of football exile. And it's Bill's show right now. And unfortunately, the new regime spent less than 15 minutes looking at the offensive line. I don't know. I mean, there's like eight months in an offseason. Didn't seem like they, they spent much time on the O-line. Them losing out on Nate Solder is a season-changing thing. Yep. I mean, just the cascading effect that that has and having to go to Rankin and Davenport as their two tackles, it's going to show up the entire year. I mean, Watson's running for his life on most of these plays. The offense is completely unsettled. Teams are just saying, we're going to put two guys on DeAndre Hopkins and dare you to beat us. And they just don't have it. It is going to be such a frustrating experience. I, I talked to a uh, NFL position coach the other day. had nothing to do with John Dere Hopkins. He's not in the division. He is not, obviously not with the Cowboys. And he was like, have you ever noticed that DeAndre Hopkins, just the rules and the, the, like the league rules don't apply to him with contact? Oh, they just drape. They are two guys draped on and, him on every play. Like no one ever is like, hey, we should throw a flag on this. It's just like, oh, it's DeAndre Hopkins. No, no, no. You can do whatever you want. They said it's, it's yeah. the only player like that in the entire league. It's a bad recipe. I mean, the touchdown throw to Fuller today was impressive. I feel like they're going to have some spectacular plays just with the talent they have on that offense, period. But it is going to be a really frustrating year for that offense in general. I mean, watching them with that offensive line is just going to make me want to pound my head against the wall. Let's awesome. get Watson out of there. Just done. Just, mm-hmm. just trade him. Just, just pull him no, out. No, no, That's no, going to no. be our well, next like league the, intervenes at, thing. At the very least, he just... Just shut him down. Just let just let him leave the team and go hang out and go with like a private coach for a year. Yeah, he'll he'll pull Levante next week. He'll just, he'll just walk out at halftime. That's the move. Yeah, no, just like get better for a year. Do like the yeah, and and then just come back. We'll fix the offensive line. Go on vacation. Like that's a big. Uh, like I just read Alex Ferguson's book like last year, the former Manchester United guy, and he was like his big thing after like the World Cup was during the season. Just let let guys go on vacation. Just like let the guys go because they they need the rest. So Bill O'Brien just send them away, send Watson away for like four months, send them to Hawaii, bring them back next year, bring them back for OTAs. I'm good with it. That works for me. All right, guys, that's all we have for tonight. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back on Thursday as we will be all season. Thank you so much for listening to the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. Today's episode was sponsored by ADT. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. Complete with features like game day service, an ADT automation that unlocks the front door for friends who arrive at your place for the game while you're still out getting snacks. Or home run service, which lets you check in on your home's cameras even while you're in the nosebleeds. All from the ADT app or from the sound of your voice. Visit ADT.com smart to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.